Hey everybody, welcome to the Bullish Rippers YouTube channel. We post all the recordings of the Rippers Twitter Spaces to this page. So, if you ever miss the Twitter Spaces, this is the place to come and check. Make sure you're subscribed and hit that like button if you enjoy. Hey dude, as we get started and as you uh, get the tweet out and everything, you want me to uh, roll through a couple news stories, let some more people's flow in and uh, yeah. speakers and everything? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to get that tweet out now. Perfect. All right. So a couple news stories that I'm looking at. I know we go over this, 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 uh, went over this earlier this morning on Good Morning Fintwit. So I'll try and keep the stories a little bit different. On that Good Morning space, I talked about Uber and how they were introducing a temporary surcharge to help drivers pay for surge in gas prices. Well, Lyft uh, is following in their suit and doing that as well. That's in the US and Canada. For Uber, I'm not sure about Lyft, but they announced that as well, following in their suit. Uh, another interesting little tidbit of information, not as much news, but Sark, S-A-R-K, is now trading at a higher dollar price than A-R-K-K. So that's the first time that happened to crossover. It actually happened on Friday. It closed out at the first time Friday, and now we're, uh, we're trading out it today, and it looks like it's going to hold uh, with uh, ARC down pretty pretty significantly today. I think it was like 5% or something like that. I, I haven't checked in a second. Actually, I have it open. It's down about 5% today. Uh, moving on, we got Nicola. Ticker NKLA, one of your favorite wolf. I always know that. Uh, they they uh, are asking shareholder approval to add up to 200 million common shares uh, to add, add in, quote unquote, trade production and finish building the Arizona plant. That's according to Electric. Uh, there's a consortium of uh, private equity firms, including Elliott Management, that was reportedly interested in inquiring Nielsen Holdings. NLSM is the ticker. They do a lot of the TV ratings and a bunch of other information-based stuff. But the uh, the rumor price is around $15 billion, and that's out of the Wall Street Journal. I'll go through one or two more headlines. We actually do have a couple uh, that kind of began circling around. Uh, Apple, they uh, announced their iOS 15.4 update. This one will let you uh, unlock your iPhone with a mask on. So uh, if only that was here a little bit ago, but um, <laughs> that's what happened today. And then uh, last story, I'm going to start with uh, Peloton. I've uh, been struggling a lot recently, and this is uh, not going to be a, a positive story, but I, I don't think it's the worst thing. It's uh, reevaluation. But Peloton announced their New York and London studios will be closed uh, March 20th to March 22nd, and there will be no live classes while that takes place as the company plans to pause and reflect. Uh, so that was from Pilo Buddy. So uh, I guess that's the... Uh, the uh, shortening for Peloton these days. But I think that's a decent coverage of a couple of the stories. I covered a bunch of the rest of them this morning, and I will uh, throw it back to you, Will. Perfect. Okay. I'm seeing a couple of people I was able to get up here. Matt, I see you in the audience. I wasn't able to bring you up for some reason. Uh, if you're having any trouble, just feel free to DM, preferably the Wolf account. I'll see it there. Or you could DM Stock Market News on the Bullish Rippers account. Uh, I'm ready to get into it. Today's been, you know, you look at the sentiment and – it's pretty easy to see uh, the, ru the rug continues to fall. Now, Spy's trying to make its patented Bullish Rippers Power Hour upwards move here. We know it's trying, so we'll have to see if we end up you know, making that. But right now, we are below uh, that 420 level. A lot of people point to that as, you know, for, for shits and giggles, that's kind of where it opened. Eh, kind of where it was flat today, and now it is where it is. We had that run up in the morning towards 11 a.m. and then just that abrupt reversal. Really, a lot of people are calling that 425 level. If we do not break that 425 level, look for the reversal, have reversed. Now just traversing on the bottom. A couple of people were like messaging me about spy puts around like two-ish. I was just like, eh. At this point in the day with low volume, with uncertainty, with FOMC, 
I'm not personally coming in because the scary thing with this market is it's a freaking rubber band. And the next thing you know, it flies the other way tomorrow. So I will, with that, kind of bring in our panel and talk with our panel a little bit about what they think is going on in this market and how they're approaching it. Because I think that there's a lot of different ways to approach it. There's not just one way that's correct. You could completely sit this out. You could do straddles. You can roll with puts. You can try to find uh, sectors that have high volume and liquidity and move into them with potential you know, quick long plays. Uh, or if you're a long-term investor, there can just be buy and hold and just continue to add to position. So a lot of ways to go about it. Don't want to, you know, kind of give too much of my end before we, we get into some of these speakers because I know they all have different perspectives. So let's go into it. All right. TSDR, excited we got you on this one. Um, you know, would love to hear from you a little bit about how you've been approaching this market today. <clears throat> hey, everybody. How's it going? Thanks for thanks for having me up here. <clears throat> Um, I stopped trading at about 1130. Um, I uh, I took a few losses today. You know, I've been pretty good the past uh, couple weeks about not getting not getting chopped up and uh, and and st- sticking with my position. But this morning, you know, for the for, for the first time in a little bit in a in a a few weeks we saw you know a, a decent trend in the beginning i mean for about two hours hour and a half you know the it looked you know the market looked fairly fairly strong uh intraday uh we you know opened up relatively flat on the s p and you know had some good um you know technical patterns on the five minute chart you know breaking out of this flag pattern here um, uh, in the first, uh, about 25 minutes and then, you know, c- continuing on upward up to, uh, that at four twenty four fifty level. Um, and then, uh, and then things quickly reversed. Anyways, I was, um, with that being said, you know, I guess that spy was, you know, going up and, and showing some bullish signs intraday. Um, but a lot of the stocks underneath that I like to trade were, were, were showing weakness. Um, so most of my trades that I took were to the short side. Um, and, um, I ended up getting chopped out of a few of them and looking back, you know, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed just today, uh, that, that I, you know, quite frankly, you know, I, I over position sized some of these and wasn't able to sit through, you know, a, a little bit of, um, a little bit of chop that, that I normally would be able to sit through, um, uh, and kind of let the trend set for me. And then the trend eventually did set and, and we saw some nice, uh, shreds to the downside. Um, you know, I think it was, I think it's pretty common for, or at least it was common this week, you know, going through that, that Sunday watch list that there was a lot of things that, that stood out to me. My watch list was, was too large this morning because there, there was a lot of, uh, stocks that were ready to go. You know, I had, uh, about 36 stocks I was watching to the short side and about 24 stocks I was watching to the long side to the long side. Um, and that, and that's, that's, that's far too many. Um, and you know, life in, in general, you know, with, with the kids, I, I wasn't able to get to the desk early enough to really break that down as low as I would have wanted it to down to about, you know, 10 to 12 stocks. Um, I was only able to work on that for a little bit. So that's, you know, part of the reason why I had some difficulties today. Um, but in, in, you know, in, in general, what we what I was talking about, you know, with some people last night is, you know, looking back, uh, the past, you know, month and a half or so, you can kind of define spies range for a couple weeks in, in just these boxes that it's been trading in. Um, 
and right now we're we're kind of in that box between 415 and you know roughly 430s and and i think um you know i i i'm not sure if you know we're going to continue to bounce around between 415 and 430 um but you know we'll have to see where that next kind of you know short-term range you know develops looking back you know the week prior we we were between 430 and about uh, 427, 428 ish, uh, and so on and so forth. You know, you can just kind of split it up into into those different boxes, and um, you know, it's we are continuing to trend to the downside uh, now at the lower part of, of this range. Um, but and uh, you know, we start we, we're still seeing significant underlying weakness in in many of these names that that I that I like to trade. Um, you know, I mean, especially some of these China stocks that were down, you know, 20% to start the day, um, they saw a nice bounce at, at the open. Um, I was able to, uh, you know, get a nice move in BILI, Billy, uh, to the upside. And it's, it's since given back a lot of those gains, but, um, you know, I, I overall I'm 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 sad because I didn't trade as as good as I thought of these kind of trend days you know to the downside are are my bread and butter I can usually you know do really well on days like this but that first you know hour and a half uh, of you know uptrend kind of kind of got me a little bit a little bit shaky but uh, going forward and it's you know it's so much uncertainty we see the VIX you know pricing in that uncertainty. Um, I think we'll probably see some short covering possibly tomorrow, uh, or early Wednesday and into the fed. Um, and then, you know, we'll see what, see what happens after that. You know, it's, it's anyone's guess how the market reacts after that, but, um, just still a a lot of uncertainty and really playing it day by day, but there's still, you know, significant, significant weakness in a lot of underlying stocks. So right now, when you're typically doing your scalps, I know that this morning you probably scalped a couple long. Let's say going into tomorrow, feeling off where we are right now, do you feel like you're going to come out leaning more short? Um, depend. It re- so it really depends on if we, you know, gap up or gap down. Um, you know, I was really hoping that we'd open up, you know, half a percent, point eight percent up, because then it would have been uh, a no-brainer short, uh, short any uh, pop. Uh, for the whole day pretty much or for at least the first couple hours um you know after after being well let me pull back up here after you know day two of the move if we gap down you know below 415 tomorrow it'll be it'll make it really tricky uh to just short you know right away for the first couple hours we'll we'll likely uh, it'll be more of an easier play to probably come back and fill that gap assuming we close like right here at 417.50 you know let's say we gap down near you know 414 415 um it'll the easier play for me will be probably to to fill that gap first and then look to refade it throughout the day um but if we if we open flat, it'll it'll really be just kind of an individual stock kind of kind of game to where I'll be looking likely to um, you know find my stocks with good daily setups, and by good daily setups, I mean on day one or day two of um, if, if we're looking to the short side, lower low continuation, um, uh, or low, lower high continuation as well, um, and. Um, or take some stocks from, from green to red, which which was one of my stuff. So it, it, I, for me, it really depends on how we open in the morning. Uh, I, I love flat opens uh, because you can really 
play it play it both ways and you can have that list of longs and shorts and really hit you know both both of them today you know i I, it it, it didn't work out for me very well um you know because i because i i I guess that i didn't i didn't jump on the um the trend soon enough and uh, ended up getting chopped out i'm not sure if that answers your question though no i think that definitely makes sense um for sure for sure okay so the rest of this week, everyone I know has their eye on FOMC and other stuff. So we're just taking a slow, small position sizing. Um, any you know quick takeaways for retail before we move on to Brad? Um, be careful. Uh, so it, FOMC is at, at 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern time on Wednesday, 1 p.m. Central time, my time. Um, but you know we'll see a uh, you know a sh- very choppy reaction for that first half an hour until Powell comes out and talks. Um, so really, the the trend for the, the last you know couple hours of trading after FOMC will be set you know between uh, in in that you know first ten to fifteen minutes of of Powell talking. So we're looking at about two forty five uh, Eastern time, uh, two thirty to two forty five Eastern time. So you know don't and I'll say it again and I'll probably repeat it multiple times throughout the, uh, till Wednesday that there there's often. Um, this is going to sound confusing, but there's often a, a fade the fade or, you know, multiple shakeouts, you know, it might spike up and then all of a sudden quickly reverse in that, you know, half an hour between Powell. And then all of a sudden, you know, we might see uh, that shakeout reverse. So it's like double, double shakeout type thing often happens intraday uh, on these FOMC days. So just be very mindful of that. Uh, you might be thinking you're, you're, you're on the trend and then it quickly reverses. Uh, so just be very nimble. Uh, I personally will not be holding anything uh, going into those. Uh, I will, whatever trades I'm in, I will either take profits or cut losses going into that. Uh, be very wary. Uh, IV and uh, will be significantly elevated, I believe, going into it. Um, and uh, often the market doesn't respond uh, how you think it may. Uh, so don't have a uh, specific bias. Let the price action be the judge. And, uh, and and hop on what the price action is telling you. Perfect. Perfect. Really good stuff, TSCR. Appreciate you being on here. Uh, we're definitely, I'm going to come back around, just getting everybody's opinions in. Uh, anybody in the meantime, you can be, be sure to check out TSCR's uh, profile for more information on what he's trading and his style. All right, we're going to pop it over to Brad in just a second because we haven't heard from you yet today. Um, while we're doing that, I want to remind everyone, and I'll repin this up top, uh, we are currently running a giant tournament for March Madness, but this is a asset-based tournament rather than college basketball teams. It is stocks, ETFs, cryptos, and so much more. NFTs are in there. We have not opened the bracket yet to be filled out, but in the meantime, we do have a website up, and there is literally just a place where you can put in an email, and if you put it in, you're automatically entered into a uh, $1,000 raffle announced next week. Right now, we have a little bit over 200 people have signed up. So your odds are pretty good, to be honest. If you're trying to make an extra $1,000, you can do it while you're in this space. It's pretty easy to do. It's literally just the last pin tweet um, that is on up there. So if anybody wants to check that out, pretty easy to put in. And then brackets are going to open next week, and we're going to have a $10,000 grand prize and a bunch of other prizes for people that are participating. All right, Brad, we're popping it over to you. Uh, another you know, down day in the market. I'm curious to hear if you've made any additions, if you're looking at any earnings for this week and just whatever else is going on with you because I know we're only getting you at the beginning of the week, so I want to maximize it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
focused on on Vegas on Wednesday and and, and watching uh, the the more important uh, March Madness tournament with. No, I'm kidding. That this one's definitely more important than that. But Michigan basketball did did uh did make the field of 64, and I'm really excited to watch them play. But on a much more important and much more serious note, and 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 not to sound um insensitive to the um the, the shitty climate that that we're dealing with in in, in growth stock land, uh I I'm just continuing to 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 run the plan. Just very very slow nibbles, very slow accumulation into companies that are are now. Uh, trading at peg ratios, so price to earnings uh, ratio divided, price to earnings multiple divided by growth, sub one, which which in any in any environment, um, forget the fact that they're growing revenue thirty percent year over year and expanding margins, so so cash flow and, and earnings growth is even more brisk. But in any environment, a, a peg ratio sub one um, is, is pretty is pretty darn compelling. Just just go go back through market history, and 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 you will see the exact same thing very concretely. So. Um, it's, it, it sucks right now. I'm in growth stock land. Uh, but I, I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's just continuing to focus on, on these companies that, that are, that are showing me great results that are, that are fulfilling their promises and that are showing signs that they're able to efficiently grow, efficiently and sustainably grow over the long term without solely just pouring more and more and more cash into the business. Um, so I put out a list of companies a few days ago, 17 out of 24 in my in my uh, portfolio that I see as kind of meeting that that bill or fitting that bill. And there's seven others that I don't. And, and one of those was Tattooed Chef, which I actually actually exited um, this morning. Uh, oh. So sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, I still love their food. I will still be a customer. And and yeah, their, their food rocks. But uh, the management team, I hope I hope. I mean, hopefully no one's on it on this spaces from the management team. I'm sure there's not, uh, but there, there's just been one, one too many blunders and, and dramatic press releases on adding net 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 losses to this quarter because we forgot a tax provision um, and, and, and sharply lowering guidance because of supply chain issues that are only intensifying. Um, so kind of took this opportunity to, to, to exit when there wasn't, when there weren't, I mean, I mean, I was still green on the position, so it, it did it did underperform benchmarks during the holding period. But so there was no alpha, but there were still positive returns, and and just taking taking those returns and putting it into companies that I'm more confident um, deserve the capital and will continue to de- deserve the capital seemed like the right decision to me. Uh, just looking at, I, I know fertilizer charts and, and all that are, are down today, but Tattoo Chef grows a lot of their own food, and they do so in Europe. So and 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 com- compound that with the fact that their management team is not super capable, not, not to sound mean, but just, just looking at the last several quarters and the blunders that they've had, um, the, the supply chain issues, you have to be, you, you have to be the, the elite management teams will survive and thrive through this, but, but the non-elite management teams will not. Um, and, and the issues are only getting more difficult for tattooed chef. Um, and, and I don't really see them as, as, a, as a leadership team, again, not to sound mean that that is capable of overcoming all of this. Um, I, I was trying to give them more time and more patience to, to see if if a macroeconomic backdrop that wasn't so harsh to them could kind of allow them to write the ship and 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 survive because the brand is gaining a lot of traction in in retail but these macroeconomic issues are not are not going anywhere um and 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 I don't really see over the next several quarters this turning around um so if if we get to a point in time where where it looks like Tattoo Chef has righted the shift or, or righted the ship sorry or they're shifting towards righting the ship um not not to not to sound weird, but um, if that happens and they inflect to profitability and 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 the brand equity remains building and and, and un- unaided brand awareness remains building and management ideally hires an external CFO that actually has 
real experience and, and, and yeah, real experience leading a public company so that we stop dealing with these minor blunders on the income statement seemingly every single quarter now. Um, I, I would consider getting back in, but there's a lot for them to prove at this point in time. And I'm just less confident that I, than I have been in the past that they're going to be able to prove it. And then I look across the portfolio at, at a CrowdStrike, at, at an upstart, um, at a Revolve Group, at a Progeny, at these, at these thriving companies that are, that, that yes, some of them are expensive, but CrowdStrike trades at 100 times EBITDA because EBITDA is more than doubling year over year. I mean, that, that's why it has an EBITDA multiple like that. And, and free cash flow margins of 35% are why it has an elevated sales multiple. Um, in rapid free cash flow growth. So it, it's focusing on these companies that, that are, that are again, not to sound redundant, but doing the things that I need them to be doing to be confident that they're going to continue compounding top and bottom line over the very long term. And when I look at Tattooed Chef and then I look at my, some of the other companies in my portfolio, the confidence levels are just much, much higher at this point that, that some of these other firms can do so. So that was the rationale. I'm happy to talk more uh, later on in the call, but that was kind of a, an essay. So I want to pack, pass it over to you guys to get to the rest of our very talented speakers. Yeah, I think, you know, first off, congrats on getting out of Tattoo Chef. Makes me feel better for selling my position uh, a little bit back. And I hear you about the opportunities in the market and the waiting. Um, I'm curious, Brad, I know that you have your portfolio of the high-flying growth names and the, you know, amount of research you do into them is very credible. Do you also regularly add or have dollar cost averaging into any uh, classic ETFs or index funds? Uh that that will absolutely so so thank you for asking that because that absolutely will be the plan for me at some point I, i'm 24 years old i have no children um I, I have very little financial responsibility at this point in time which is why i feel com and i have no debt um I, I've, I've paid off student loans um pat myself on the back for that but um that, that that's a that, that's irrelevant but what is important is the fact that i don't have a lot of external responsibility to deal with which is why i feel comfortable allocating 100% of my investable funds into something like this. But when I have children, when I have a mortgage, when I have things like that, it, it is going to rapidly shift to 40, 50, 60% of my, of my overall investable funds in SPY or in QQQ and the remainder of that bucket um, continuing to invest the way that I invest right now. Uh, j just because, I, I mean, volatility is, is not only palatable for me right now, but it's, it's exciting. Um, it's something that I can be opportunistic about just because of how a nimble I am in terms of not having a lot of um, childcare bills or anything like that to to worry about in the future. So for for somebody listening to this and 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 listening to me saying really uh, good things about fun growth stocks, um, just just know where I am um, in in my financial we uh, wealth creation life. Um, may call for a different may call for a different approach than your circumstances currently call for. So uh, so yeah, and, and and I also wanted to say. Uh, I, I am in accumulation mode for these these thriving companies, but want to just reiterate one more time: it is slow, slow, slow accumulation mode. Basis points of cash at a time. Not taking my ten and a half percent cash position and going to eight percent tomorrow and then six percent the next day. It's going from ten and a half percent to ten point three percent and ten point two percent. And having people make fun of me on Twitter because I'm going so slowly, but that that's how I'm going to do things and that's how I'm going to continue to do things. So just wanted to get that point across as well that it, it's not it's not about going all in. It's about taking advantage of opportunity extremely slowly as it comes, but acknowledging that Mr. Market can make those opportunities look a lot better and a lot more irrational in the short term. Um, so I will stop rambling and now pass it back over to you. Yeah, great explanation, Brad. Really enjoyed that. Uh, Stock Market News, any questions or thoughts you want to come in with or should we keep it moving? Yeah, no, Brad, I've asked you a couple times this question thinking we were over the hump on earnings season, but somehow your stocks kept reporting. Are we finally done with earnings season for you? 
feels like we're fully dead. We got one or two maybe this week that people care about. But yeah. Yeah, I still have. So funny enough, Curiosity Stream reports earnings on March 31st. So their their first quarter ends the day that they report their fourth quarter. So they better have some some uh, some deep insight into how that quarter went. Um, and also along the lines of Curiosity Stream, I, I just said I sold Tattoo Chef. If I look across my portfolio, the the other two tiny positions that I'm kind of at the end of my rope with is is, is Curiosity Stream and also Nanox. Um, Nanox is going to have an investor conference this week. If they kick the can down the road one more time on commercial production, I, I'm selling and cutting my losses. It's it's like 0.4% of my por- overall portfolio at this point in my time or at, at this point in time. So it's tiny, uh, but that's not a reason to hold on. And, and if they underwhelm again, I'm gone. Um, in terms of earnings season, Air Wellness, one of the cannabis companies I own, reports this week and then next week, Cresco Labs and and then Curiosity Stream. And then I'm finally done. So earnings season ends and then the next one begins in about 10 days. So it's really earnings year at this point. It's not really earnings season, but uh, we can still call it that. Perfect. Good stuff, Brad. Appreciate it. Thanks for the question, Evan. All right. Big O, what are you looking at today? What have you traded? Well, the whole market's just, tra- just trash. Uh, you know, looking on the macro side, everything just beat down. Even a lot of the big names, the blue chip stocks are beat down. Amazon had a good mood at the, at the gate today. Ended up gap failing. Almost $120 move on that thing. Of course, spies beat down. It finally picked the direction. And uh, target on that thing's week. I'm sorry, I've been out here working in the yard. So it's going to hit about 410 on it. We got a lot of small stickers too, like PDD, uh, the trade desk. Of course, he's mentioned Overstore. A lot of that stuff's all just, just beat down. Uh, I think a lot of the macros are beat down. They're at exhaustion rest right now. I say we probably see at least a few good days on it. Um, if I had a guess, I'd say the market's going to gap up in the morning just to sell back off. Um, you know, you really have to play it day by day. Uh, there's not much things, you know, as far as I go, you know, I'm price action, but uh, I'm not a big swinger right now. You know, I might hold for a day or two or something like that, but, you know, it's just too dangerous. The only way you're going to swing something is you swing it to the downside. Um, and also, you know, if you're going to swing something, especially if you're, if you're long something, you gotta be able to. You gotta hedge that thing. You know, you can hedge it with VIX or you can hedge it with options, but you gotta have some kind of safety net on that thing. But um, a lot of stuff just beat down. If you look, I think a lot of people they're just fo- they're just focused on the, the lower time frames and they're forgetting about the month, week, quarter, in the year. And um, right now you got to you know it's a two up, two down on on spy, and um, a lot of stuffs like that. I mean they're beat down. A lot of these things are you know like Roku. You know, it's down three or four hundred dollars. You got Etsy, Zoom, SESQ dying. It's a man, it's a bloodbath out there. It's a bloodbath. So, any anything that has been working for you? Any strategies? Mm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I use a special pivot study. What I'm doing is I'm waiting on the bounce of those, then a retest. All my answers come from consolidation breaks. I'm looking for that consolidation break on the, on the sixty. And I'm looking for the break retest. Like uh, if you look at Amazon today or even SPY, it's consolidated on the four hour. As soon as it breaks that lowest wick in the range, you take it short and you're going to target pivot low. Uh, pretty easy. The best the best reversals happen either way. Um, when you come back through large candles, they're just, they're like a gap. And the reason they're like a gap is because the price action super clean coming back through there. And on top of that, you're running stops along the way. So the more stops you run, the faster it moves. And it's just like when you, when I enter on a consolidation break, you know, it's tested uh, support, you know, several times. So, of course, you know, that's where everybody's throwing their stops, right below support. 
So the good thing about taking it on the lowest wick there, you run those stops immediately, it should go. On top of that, on that first pullback, it pulls back, that level should act as a resistance level. So then you get to add to it on the when it crosses the prior kennel flow. But deadly, I mean, look at Amazon. We played it two weeks ago on Thursday and Friday. It ran, it died, it went $300 in two days. Um, SE on Friday, if you look at that, it's got that uh, consolidation. So it's a compound too. If you look on the day, you can see it, which is just a group of candles. They're just solid green with little to no wicks on it. Consolidates the top, bounces off the pivot, comes right back to the base. And that thing moved all day on Friday. So that's what I do is I just take consolidation breaks. There's, you know, and the, the longer price consolidates, the bigger the break. And that's because of the stops sitting on the support resistant level. Okay. But everything just beat, just beat. And, uh, Again, the larger candles there, they're coming back through. Um, the bigger they move to the downside, so consolidation break on the on the fifteen would be bigger than a five, and that consolidation break on a week would be uh, a larger move than a consolidation break on the on the daily. But uh, if anybody wants a, a scan, um, I made a FinFist scan to find these pu- these tickers that are puking, and uh, I'm happy to share my pivot study too. It's different. There's not another one out there like it. And um, it's like a magnet. Yeah, definitely. You want to want to pin some of that up top, or if you have it posted? Yeah, I post it in my uh, in the Twitter. I'm not sure how to how to pin it to this thing. I tried. I can't do it. Here, let me try. Let's see. Uh, let me uh, here. Yeah, actually, some of your stuff isn't showing up on my end, Evan. Maybe if you could take a look. Yeah, if you want to just retweet that so it's at the top of your timeline, I can throw it right out on pinning up yes, the sir. spaces. Cool. Awesome, Big O. Um, anything else you want to put in here real quick, or are we going to start? Um, be careful out there. Like I said, tomorrow I think SPY pushes up. Uh, people take profits on it. I think it's going to gap up in the morning and end up selling back off. So um, remember, in, in a uptrend, there's red days. Just like in a downtrend, there's green days. So just because you start seeing green don't mean it's, it's over with. You know what I'm saying? When the week and the month and the quarter and the, and the year's down, I mean, stuff's in trouble. Stuff's in trouble. And you got to go with the you got to go with the larger trend, right? So, before I think the bottom's in, I want to see price at least 25% from the base on the weekly. I want it breaking. I want it breaking support or resistance. I want it to become support, right? So, so that's the only way I call a bottom is when I see that stuff happening. Until then, I'm just you know I just go to flow. Perfect. Awesome, Big O. Appreciate you being on here. All right, let's bring it over to yourself, Matt. <clears throat> All right, so let's let's chat about the market. I I posted a couple of posts up at the top. You guys can take a look at them. I mean, right out the door, the market was completely set up to be bearish. Um, all setups were bearish. Uh, the S and P, the Nasdaq, everything did not look good, and there were certain stocks that just dropped and kept dropping. Um, you know, today we had, you know, there was news about China and there's a bunch of threats that, that, you know, we may have severe, I was reading some things, White House says will be significant consequences for China if it provides assistance that violates sanctions. So there's a lot of fear in the market going on about what's going on in the world right now. And uh, if you go look at the post I made kind of supporting that right out the door, uh, the one I wrote about the VXX, which by the way, um, which has some news on that as well. But uh, we watched that. It's, a, it's an easy way to gauge the risk of the market. And uh, VIX clearly set up at this 25.5 level. And when it hit it, it pivoted and turned around and it just ran and kept going. VIX had a 27 point or VXX at a 27 resistance on monthlies. And it just screamed right through that and kept going. Um, 
you know, typically on your VX futures, if you break a $2.50 run, which is the current uh, band size called risk interval, the market just kind of becomes completely erratic and does not find a support, keeps falling. And that's what we saw today. Volatility event, it's like a an elevator that's falling and you jump up and then you're falling, kind of falling. Well, I guess you jump up and land on it, but it's that feeling that the floor keeps falling as the stock market's falling, the, the base keeps widening or the 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 volatility itself so very thin market market just fell we did this hedging squeeze on s p 422 and a half it's the second one i posted as soon as we broke that it was game over um nasdaq set up with a somewhat better setup in the morning but still nothing was nothing was bullish um i did take a couple long scalps on a couple of stock plays uh, i'm sorry an options plays on a couple of tickers like i longed walmart and i longed pepsi today I uh, took some profit on those guys, but my longs at S&P, longs at NASDAQ just got out of those as, as they continue to fall. I don't know if I see this market continuing to sell from here, but I do see us spilling the gap. Anytime you have a volatility event, the market will find the last buffer of buyers and sellers it can find, especially on the downside. Uh, obviously, your buyers and sellers typically come at the, at the largest buffer, the largest amount of them, at the close of the market day. And so clearly when the market has nowhere to go except for falling down, it's going to try to find the last place it saw buyers, which is usually that buy imbalance that kicks the market up, you know, or on a short squeeze, which we saw on Tuesday. So right now, S&P just fell down, filled its gap from Tuesday, and we're just kind of sitting there as volatility just kind of runs in the close. Um, it's really hard to understand, I guess, you know, the sentiment of the market right now since this is... Um, I guess to say that this is more of a volatility thing than, than a straight up bearish thing, but we haven't seen any really good bull setups in a long time in the S and P. So I don't wake up every morning anticipating one. I look at it and then I get my hopes up and then I just kind of say, okay, do I either short or sit out? Um, but today we did get a potential squeeze that I did try to take an attempt on, but it didn't work out. So you just have to kind of watch, you know, one of the tricks I tell people, if you are trading anything, you have to understand the effects that volatility has on the market. And volatility, if you ever go and dissect the VIX white paper, uh, it's published by the CBOE, it's on the website. If you love calculus, go for it. I'll break it down for you in two easy sentences. VIX is the measure of the amount of wobble the market has when price is not going anywhere and deltas are the same in a fixed time. So literally the market stays flat that's how much the price goes up and down to find buyers and sellers. Higher volatility has to span a larger range. Or if the range is the same, uh, VIX also includes time. So it's longer to find a buyer and seller at the same price. So either way, when you look at that equation, it tells you that the market has the ability to fall really quick to find buyers. But as the VIX is going up, that's going to price itself in all kinds of things like assets and options because of arbitrage. VIX created the move today. Volatility was driving the boat right at, right at about 11 a.m. Eastern. And so what that does is you can think like the bid and ask price of any, any asset inside the SPY. Think of options. They're going to get wider, right? The spreads are going to get wider. The market becomes less liquid less liquid, less participants, and all of a sudden, you know, somebody starts selling to bid. It doesn't take a lot to move the market down. The more illiquid the market is, the more volatile, the less volume it actually takes to move it down. Uh, today's volume is absolutely low relative to what we've seen in previous days. Like the last Tuesday, we had a choppy market that sold off. Uh, we were hitting sometimes 10 to 20 million shares of SPY on the hour, whereas we're, we're between 5 and 10 on the hour. This is a very, very, very low volume sell-off which accompanies a volatility event. The fear of China and all that other stuff is just causing the market to fall. So a rapid widening of the range. That's what volatility is. 
And once VIX just carries itself away and creates a squeeze, you know, the market, it's almost like the ce- it's like you're in your room and then the ceiling starts raising and the floor starts falling all at the same time. So, you know, the market's falling to find the floor, but the floor is obviously moving faster than the market's falling. So any selling just pushes it lower. And that's what you see. And we call them volatility events. Um, the market did push, you know, suggestively bullish. I mean, sorry, yeah, suggestively squeezish when S&P broke 423. That was a very decent sign, but it obviously couldn't survive volatility because any selling just kicked it back down. So we have to take it a day at a time. I know that's, that's a cliche to say that as a trader, but you really do. Uh, TSDR said it great. You wake up, you have to find what happens in the opening of the market. There's so many catalysts that take place, uh, especially with global conflict taking place at a time when you were sleeping, you're going to wake up to rapid shifts in sentiment. Futures are going to go all over the place sometimes. And so it's not really wise to try to bet on any resolution or any kind of you know problem fixed overnight. Uh, it's a day trader's market. It really is. It's get a position, get out. My scalps in the morning are probably an hour, if that, at most. And just trying to you know cherry pick what I think looks good. I have a system I use and I just, you know, I have a scanner pull stocks and I grab them and I trade the options on them and that's it. But I'm not necessarily buying stuff to accumulate for longer term runs. As long as volatility is driving the market, market's going to be more sensitive to any kind of bad news and it's going to move a lot more violently like we saw today. So even with that, we also have FOMC coming up and coming through my news wires today, I think uh, FOMC Fed swaps are now pricing in seven standard hikes for 2022. We're probably getting a rate hike every other month, right? So that news is coming out. And really, as you know, TSDR also said, there is a trick to trading the Fed. It's you don't trade in the first 30 minutes when that announcement comes out. Exactly the way he said it, because nothing really changes until that moment when, when, when Jay Powell gets up and starts talking. And that's when you start to see the market really move. The first five to 15 minutes when that announcement comes up, market just spans a small volatility range and, and usually comes back to where it started. The next 15 minutes, you see a bigger move. And then at the 30 minute mark, you start to see a ridiculously big move. So FOMC days typically move in three different stages. But the really, the really kind of dynamic part of that comes when the narrative is created for the next go around. So while we do know rate hikes are coming, we've clearly priced them in. And volatility is accompanying the uncertainty in the equities market because as, as we're seeing, people are abandoning equities and going into commodities. It's the hot thing to trade right now. And that's why volatility is, 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 is present and, and the equities market is more sensitive. And so what does that all say about Fed, right? Well, what, what do you think traders are going to do, right? Everyone wants to fight inflation right now, so they have to put their money somewhere. And as oil is cycling down, and some of the other ones are, are pulling back, people might jump in and start buying the dip on that. And again, further selling equities to jump into commodities. I don't think we're going to get reversals in some of these inflated commodities. I think they're going to stay up there for a while. We've seen oil stay elevated for, for many years when, when conflict in large oil producing countries takes place. So I don't think that people are going to abandon the oil trade and rush back into equities anytime soon. But we need to see that volatility come back down because other than that, you're going to have other days like this where your bull setup is going to um, have like a sheet of paper for the floor and somebody's going to drop a rock right through it and it's just going to fall and then fall until it finds a support. Now, tomorrow is going to be a key day because we don't have any near-term supports over the last couple months. Um, I wouldn't consider the bottom from three Thursdays ago a support, which is about 40, 410 on SPY, 4100 S&P. 
Uh, I think if we get close to that, we clear right through it and keep going. If there is a bottom, if there is a bottom, it needs to be today or it's, you know, Groundhog sees its shadow and it's going to be probably a while from here. So I really don't know. And I don't think bottoms are going to come out of the idea that people are going to rush to equities yet. But I do think they do come from short squeezes around events like FOMC, uh, CPI, or even monthly expiration, which you do have coming up on Friday. So it's not unusual to see people squeeze out going into those events just because they're taking profit on their shorts. Um, so either way, when you are you know, analyzing what causes a reversal, it's always started by a short squeeze unless there's a, a negative event that gets reversed on news. And there's really not going to happen. Uh, the negative events or whatever is causing any kind of bearish sentiment is not going to reverse on the news. There's no news that will reverse it other than, you know, war is over tomorrow. And for whatever reason, that, that always doesn't happen overnight either. There's always still kind of, you know, process that leads to that. So these events, if there is going to be one, you won't see it coming. If there is a bottom, you won't see it coming. You'll just see a bear setup, squeeze bullish, just like today, market squeeze bearish. So be careful. Go into those events flat. Go into those events without trying to gamble on the outcome. And really just understand how to how to determine the difference between a, a bull and bear market and or a bull and bear setup for the day. And then when you squeeze to the bull setup, which is what I always do, I go in flat and I get the confirmation. It pushes to what I call the bull side of the market when I do my calcs. And then I jump in once I'm convinced the market is bullish. I don't try to catch the bottom and hope it becomes bullish. I really want that confirmation, especially if I'm trying to ride like a one to two day swing. So today's this week's going to be very volatile. Um, you know, we we have VIX futures closing above 32. That's not necessarily a good sign. Uh, 31 and a quarter was was really kind of like this key point we needed to resist for the market to stabilize. So it's anybody's ball game tonight. So it's going to be very dangerous stuff. And uh, the longs they took today, I, I just had some really good hedging setups. Uh, I took a long on Walmart right out the door. Uh, that was a great play. And then I took a long on Pepsi. So those are my those are my two that I did that were good. They just they just came up on the scanner. They they were squeezing higher, and I just grabbed the quick day trade on them. But nothing's really looking great. I mean, I, I know today we were watching like Nike fall and Apple fall, and just everything was just really getting hammered today. And that's just volatility, right? There's there's really not a lot of support. So we need to find something that squeezes some shorts out, and it could be Wednesday. So we'll see. But always remember, whenever Fed FOMC meetings happen or the announcement meetings. Uh, the day before, there's usually an event as people get out of the way of that. So if there's a lot of people believing there's volatility and the market's going to get crazy, shorts might decide to cover today and tonight and tomorrow uh, throughout the evening just to get out of the way of the FOMC. So sometimes those Tuesdays, you see really quick reversals as well, just on market kind of finding a middle for that event. So we'll see how that plays out. Do you have any questions for me further? Um, yeah. So one question, um, and I think it'll be quick because I think you just kind of mentioned it there at the end, but I also want to get Danny involved before we get too close to market close. And that is what's going to quiet this volatility. It's, it all depends. I think that right now, the reason that the volatility went the way that it did was we had all, th we have all three of our signals were bullish on VXX, which is an ETN that we monitor, which by the way, there's a Barclays, if you guys monitor ETNs, just made an announcement that they're suspending new uh new share issues of etn for B or of the etn bxx because of uh issuance capacity so uh there's a fear also in that particular instrument that could have caused it to push even higher um you guys understand etns are um unsecured uh debt obligations there's a whole i'm gonna get the whole speech about what those are but they have 
the if they don't have the ability to provide liquidity for them, the price of them can completely collapse on the secondary market and make them illiquid. And they'll detach from the instrument they're supposed to follow. And there's a problem with that. So a lot of today's VIX activity could have been related to that announcement as well as Barclays is you know the the, the issuer of ETN. So and that could be a big deal. Um, that statement they they stated on their website it might not have anything to do with Russia and Ukraine, but I mean, it, it's it's very coincidental that they're worrying about liquidity problems in their own instruments. So we're kind of my team right now is kind of digging further into that to have a better answer. I'll maybe make some posts on it later. But that is one effect that could be causing the VIX to show up extremely bullish itself today. VXX was a very rare setup, which was all things bullish and hedging higher, which you'd only really see that if the market was just definitively bearish, not if the market was in the middle and then crashes through. So the, the VIX created the event today. It wasn't the other way around. The volatility wasn't responding to the market. Volatility created today's movement. So another thing for I, what I also think is just the idea that, that you know, possible China involvement, which could bring US involvement. You know, if, if, China gets an, if China gets an idea to support Russia and then we further sanction China and then China, you know, invades Taiwan and, and, and we draw into the war. I mean, there's all kinds of chain reactions that people are afraid of. So anytime you hear the idea that uh, another country gets involved or anything like that, you're going to see assets shuffle around and people, things will just be volatile. I, the market needs a day to adjust, to adjust to that news. It's not really news. It's just a speculation. But, you know, after today, I think we'll have to see further development of it. I think further mentions of it won't really create more volatility. But the idea that it's possible just kind of shifted some assets around. I think people uh, just decided to prep for you know a big news week on top of that and that just created volatility event market when our calculations are based on the close of yesterday's um, options landscape so this was decided yesterday uh so market or friday so market closed with this kind of volatility in preparation for today so that would make me not think to completely attribute it to the news about china i really just think it has a lot to do with uh, with fomc and just people over hedging the uh, equities positions they have with VIX instruments going into a weekend, because in this kind of environment, three days is a lot of, you know, blackout time for you to not be able to get out of your products that you're in. So I think that would just be it. And I think that volatility might settle out tonight. If as long as we close below uh, 31.99 on VIX futures is a key level that if we close below it right now, um, then I think we should be okay. That's that band limit that we talk about. Anything below there, you know, it's just a standard volatility event. If we kept going, I would be a little concerned. So right now, I'm, I'm not too concerned. SPY might bottom out today, and we might see reversal tomorrow. So you'll have to just see it. Yeah, but that's really it. I mean, it's kind of hard to say. Volatility is such a weird instrument. It's always hard to say why people get into it. You know, usually another thing people get into volatility would be because of, of solvency issues. You know, you have a large position that you want to hold on to, and you, you know, you need to hedge very quickly. Uh, you don't want to necessarily hedge on direction. You don't want to pay the premium on puts. Uh, you might go in there and buy some kind of volatility instrument just to make sure that if the market squeezes X percent against you, you don't get squeezed out of your position. So VIX is often used as a hedge against something, and uh, that very well could be it. And just seeing behind the veil of who would be so aggressively bullish on the VIX, it's really hard to say and why. Um, it's a, one of the hardest things to understand, the position side of it, so... Awesome, Matt. Appreciate the explanation there. Yeah, definitely. The VIX is a wild and wacky world. Okay. 
Danny, appreciate the patience. Uh, we have 10 minutes left here in the market. So if there's anything that you are looking to potentially buy, although I don't think that we're swinging, so probably more closing out positions at this point, would love to hear it. Plus, just any other takes on how you look at the rest of the week following today in the market? Yeah, a lot of noise. Uh, a lot of noise out there right now, especially with China. I think eyes are getting drawn away from Ukraine and now looking at China for two reasons. Number one, potential involvement in what's going on in Ukraine. But number two, uh, overnight getting some news out of Shenzhen that they're closing factories. So how does that affl- uh, affect supply chain in the coming you know, weeks and months, depending on how long this gets shut down? Uh, and then, of course, a uh, new variant dubbed Deltacron detected in Europe. So I think that's why we're seeing that really big spike in uh, mRNA and uh, PFE today. Now there's coming out and saying that we're more than likely going to need a fourth dose, a second booster later this year. So it's just adding more fuel to the proverbial fire that's already burning and raging across the world right now. So, um, yeah, I think honestly, just just my personal opinion, the longer the war in Ukraine goes on, the more likely we're going to get drawn into a proxy war with China and Russia. That's not good. Um, we're obviously already supplying arms and I'm sure money to the Ukraine. Um, we've, you know, history tells us that the longer this goes on, the more we're going to get drawn in. So uh, enough about that. Let's talk about uh, the market. So looking at SPY and the Qs, you know, we, we've definitely waterfalled into this close. We're trying to hold on to these key levels. Uh, I think I had mentioned earlier today on the earlier space, uh, 317.66 is what I'm watching on the Qs. Uh, 315.11 is what I'm watching on SPY. I think, you know, if we lose those levels, you know, it's hard to say where the bottom is going to be. I think 410, very realistic in the near term before FOMC uh, is possible on SPY. And I think the Qs, uh, I've been posting charts. You can just check my feed for them. Uh, 310, uh, which is right at about the COVID low anchored VWAP for the Qs. That's where I would be looking. The COVID low for SPY is around 379. So I do have a 1628 extension, 397.63 to the downside on SPY. And we're getting a, a, a death cross. We're getting that 50 on the daily chart crossing under the 200. So the market obviously is picking a direction. The direction is down. What that means for FOMC, I think, is anybody's guess. I, you know, I, I thought um, Peter had a, a wealth, a wealth uh, time statement earlier. You know, all these Main Street media people talking about, you know, uh, the, the move is, is priced in, which he calls BS. And, and I think that's right. I think you just don't know how the market is going to react to anything that the Fed puts out at this point, whether it's the quarter point, the half point doesn't matter. Uh, the market is going to do what the market is going to do. We're, we're seeing so, you know, we thought that COVID was, you know, this black swan event that, you know, we've never seen before. And now you tag on supply chain. Now you tag on Ukraine war. Now you can tag on things going on in China. I mean, it's just one thing after another and the market just can't catch their breath. So, uh, anything can happen in this market, anything can happen. And I think you have to be ultimately, one of the clearest things that you need to do is, is to manage risk. Uh, you know, yes, you could take quick day trades, but ultimately that's even difficult. Uh, looking at uh, flow, VXX has had 
a steady stream of uh, 30 calls coming in from two, sorry, from 2.58 p.m. Eastern to 3.13 Eastern. We're seeing large orders uh, for the 30s. I just saw in the last 15 minutes, uh, 53 strike sweeps coming in, golden sweeps on uh, 53 and $58 calls on VXX. So, you know, it's going to be a very interesting from now until Wednesday. I think, you know, have five minutes till the close. So I'll wrap it up really quickly. But um, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of more of the same. I think you see a lot of volatility. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, every single pop is getting sold, whether it's on SPY, the Qs. Um, the only name that I really looked to me that I was watching held up pretty well today was Zim because even mRNA gave back most of its gains. I think uh, it was upwards of 20%. Now it's up around 7 or 8%. So uh, nothing is safe in this environment to keep it short. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Really, it does seem that way that you said right there. Nothing is safe at all. Uh, and, and in a world where nothing's safe, Danny, um, you're not swinging pretty much at all right now, right? No, sir. It's quick day trades, scalps. But swing trading, I think, is uh, I, I'd much rather preserve my mental capital for when the market is acting somewhat rational because i don't think it really has has acted any rational at, at all in the last couple of years uh but yeah i'm just really preserving mental capital here i think you know we've been on spaces for months now talking about waiting for this fomc it's finally here hopefully we get some kind of clarity after wednesday and 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 return to the the normal unnormal if you can call it that uh until the next uh meeting which i think is in what either june or july so um yeah i think that's what everybody's kind of been waiting for everybody's holding their breath patiently waiting for whatever is going to happen to happen and then we deal with everything else after yeah that definitely makes sense to me danny any like one or two names that stick out to you here as potentially forming bottoms um for, no forming bottoms i would say I, i'm not even really looking at that um looking for the uptrends yeah i'm looking for the uptrends i'm always looking for the relative strength you can never figure out where the bottom is you, you got to wait for the overall indexes to bottom you got to wait for the cues and the spy to settle down before you can even think about it now the one thing i will say there were two names uh it was shopify and cmg uh, chipotle that had pretty clear positive divergences on rsi uh chipotle keeps on getting rejected off the 50 sma it's two days in a row friday and monday um so those are the only two names that i saw oh that's interesting but you know these positive divergence plays they can resolve themselves in time so it's not a definitive you know reversal signal although it does pique my interest it does get me interested but i'm not necessarily buying or even at that, for that matter, dollar cost averaging at this point, um, I still see a lot of weakness in this market, and I don't mind to miss the bottom by you know five, seven, ten percent. I'd rather catch the market back on the upswing than try and time bottoms here. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And so, any any like, what would you say is the number one industry or sector or industry that's just staying on your radar right now? Well, I think oil and gas has to be, you know, for on the forefront, uh, just based on what's what's been happening. But I think even that is uh, a bit extended. I think commodities and metals are definitely something that needs to be watched. Uh, we've seen some strength in aluminum, in copper. 
Obviously, gold continues to move higher. It's going to be the non-sexy names. It's going to be the names that, you know, not a lot of people have been watching over the last two years. We're seeing a much longer, much bigger rotation into safety because of what's going on between COVID and, and, and Ukraine and supply chain. You know, it's like a, a perfect storm, uh, so to speak. I think that's the best way to put it. We're, we're seeing a perfect storm of anything that can go wrong is going wrong. And we've never seen these events coincide at the same time. So uh, it's really difficult to say what's going to happen moving forward. I think you just have to continue to watch and observe the market. Look for those quick relative strength plays. Take your money off the table and, and wait and see for the next uh, rotation. Perfect. Well said, Danny. Looks like there's a lot of people agreeing with you on the panel and the crowd. All right, Evan, we just came up to one hour here. Uh, I know that we don't care too much for the uh, earnings that are today. Um, so now that we kind of moved past this hour point, do we want to talk about, you know, same question that we just kind of threw to Danny, opportunities moving forward, just some sectors we're looking at. Feels like we have a pretty good feel on where we are in the market. Are there any other things for after hours that you want to touch on? Uh, quickly, we do have one or two earnings, Vail Resorts, ticker MTN, Coupa, D-Local, GitLab, not too many that, that, that a lot of people care about, but, you know, some companies in there that people watch. So uh, I would love to just, I can interject in when I see some of the numbers. Uh, I think that's a great question to continue. You know, Wolf uh, Gov is nice enough to be hosting a lot of these spaces from the Bullish Rippers account. But he's on the Wolf Spaces all day, every day. So if you enjoy these spaces, make sure you're checking out Wolf and Bullish Rippers. But my point here is, is that you are the expert at this. You know what you're doing. You're the king of this. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to uh, go and always down to defer to you on the uh, questions and where we're going with the spaces. But uh, I will definitely interject when I see some of these numbers cross. Sounds good. Yeah, definitely let us know when you see the numbers cross. And Evan's definitely right there. I do get to do two spaces a week on the bullish rippers account evan does a bunch of them this account's been running if anybody hasn't really checked it out uh look at some of the tweets on this account uh it's been getting great engagement we've been enjoying you know building this up doing a lot of spaces from it we do power hours long-term investing and industry specific so we're doing the oil and gas industry actually this week so danny you'll be on that one that'll be on wednesday evening i think matt as well and so something to look forward to there as we dive into that. But yeah, thank you to everybody that in the meantime has been following this. Once we get this account to 20K, we'll do a nice uh, giveaway of something. Uh, something of monetary value is what I assume. So keep checking it we, out. And wait, wait, wait. Normally Wolf just spits these out and puts them onto me. We actually are planning this one. The 20K, oh, yeah. we are doing a big giveaway or some giveaway stuff. We got, definitely got merch, stickers, other, other cool stuff going out. Uh, Definitely, I can actually uh, support this one or not support, support all of them. Get in front of it. Oh, my God. Hey, Wolf, guess what I just am looking at right now? What are you looking Benzinga at? just published an article talking about uh, Wolf Financial's March Madness Finance Tournament, which kicks off with a $10,000 prize. Wow. What do you know? Oh, my. Look at that. Hey, I genuinely did just cross. For anyone wondering, like, I, I am looking at uh, I'm looking not, at Benzinga not, Pro, not, and it's going right there. What did you say? I don't think it's even on their Twitter yet. No, I see it in the Benzinga Pro panel right here. Wow, look at that. Making it to Benzinga Pro. But I didn't even know it was coming out today. Well, I knew that we did it. I didn't know they were going to get out today. Shout out Benzinga. Yeah, again, for anyone that hasn't already, uh, pin tweet is in the top. Uh, you can go ahead and sign up right now. We have a giant Mark March, March Madness, but Market Madness spinoff tournament. 
$10,000 grand prize, other prizes, completely free to play. A lot of your favorite investors and creators on this platform have picked the assets that are going to be in it. And right now you can enter into a $1,000 raffle and basically just get a head start um, to keep in the loop just by going to the website. It's marketmadness.co and just throwing in an email. That's all you have to do. But yeah, shut up and Zynga for showing some love to that. We're definitely going to continue to pump out. We actually have a bunch more press that's going to come out next week about this. Um, I think Market Watch is writing an article um, and, and multiple others, MIC Times and a few others are writing about this. So we'll definitely be getting those articles out, Tech Times uh, and more. So be on the lookout for the things that are coming there. All right. I My favorite thing to talk about is opportunities. So I think we'll probably do like opportunities mixed with closing of marks. Um, you know, sometimes there's more back and forth in the spaces. I think this was a great space to give everybody an opportunity on the stage to really just, you know, lay into it. If people want to talk on specific topics, they're always obviously very welcome to. And if they ever need to come back in or bounce off someone, we all know that raise hand feature. Um, but, you know, definitely enjoyed the way this one went and looking forward to seeing Benzinga tagging me in that article. That'll be a good time, too. All right. Let's throw it on over to TSDR to kick us off here. So closing of marks. And then in those closing marks, I'd love to focus on opportunities for the rest of this week. Where should people um, maybe be looking towards? Obviously, they should do their own due diligence, but never hurts to ideate together. <clears throat> uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so, you know, things that were on, on my watch list uh, t- for today and for the rest of this week, uh, I'm going to say a, f- a few names that – haven't quite fallen so you know there's always this fine line you know when when we're in a market like this you know bear market trading um to where um you know you can identify relative strength but when they're in you know speculative sectors you know with high multiples it's kind of hard to distinguish um relative strength versus um still has room to fall right um so that's always, you know, a fine line, especially like, for example, when you're, you know, sympathy trading, um, let's just, you know, use China stocks, for example. If, uh, if the majority of, of these uh, Chinese stocks are down, let's say six, seven percent, you find one that or a couple of them that are down only two percent, you know, it's hard to distinguish. Is it, you know, lack of relative weakness or lack of weakness or is it um, do, do they have room to fall? Anyways, that, that leads me into um, some of these, uh, you know, software and cybersecurity companies um, that have held up fairly well, likely because of, of the headlines uh, the past, you know, month or so um, with, with the cybersecurity hacks across the world, um, you know, potentially propping them up and keeping them from, from fading um, with, you know, uh, other sectors. So um, one of the top ones on my list today were Zscaler, uh, Cloudflare, Net, and uh, and Fortinet. Net has obviously you know fallen, fallen significantly, um, but FTNT Fortinet um, hasn't. And you know the the look on the daily chart here um, is a pretty nice bear flag of where or um, you know bearish pennant you might want to call it. Um, no, yeah, yeah, bear flag. I, I always call everything a bear flag if it's a bearish pennant or not, but this is a, a bear flag. Uh, anyways, we, we, we broke down that today and have since recovered, you know, pretty well off the lows. We had lows around 265, uh, closed about 275. Um, but uh, I, I think this one, you know, if, if this, 
sector ends up cracking um, and, and we get below uh, around 263-ish, I think this one ha- ha- definitely has, has some significant room to fall uh, if, if we continue trading the, the way we are. Um, I, I'd eye around that you know, probably 213 level. Um, if, like I said, if we continue to roll over, uh, crowd obviously ha- has held up fairly well after their earnings, uh, started to roll over a little bit today after putting in an inside day on Friday. Um, it's, it's kind of stuck right above this, uh, little moving average sandwich with the 90 MA, 20 SMA and 50 SMA all kind of smashed right in there at about 180, 182 ish. Um, so we'll see how, how this reacts in the coming days, see if it comes back and fills the gap down to about 171. Um, I'll be definitely be watching that. Um, Zscaler has fallen significantly, but this thing is this thing is great to trade. It has a $17 ATR. Uh, ATR, if you haven't heard me talk about it before, is average true range. Uh, it's the amount of stock moves uh, typically on average from low to high on any given day. Uh, and it's a $190 stock that moves $17 a day. So, you know, on, on a 10-day average, you can get about a t- 10% move if you catch the lows and sell the highs. Um, but I usually try to look to. Um, and, and you guys kind of talked about that. Oh, go ahead, Stock Market News. You can all just interrupt me. Quickly. Okay, awesome, y'all. I'll just quickly jump in. Coupa Software, C-O-U-P. They just reported earnings. EPS was $0.19, cents, beat on expectations of $0.05. Cents. And then revenue was $193.3 million, beating expectations of $185.7 million. And uh, the stock was down about 19.5% in after-hours trading. So uh, Coupa you know Software. Guy, do you know what the guy looks like? I don't really follow yeah, that can... one, but is it guy-related? Yeah. I didn't see the uh, estimates for the guide, but I do see next quarter they expect uh, revenue to come in between 189 to 191 million. So I can get the uh, guide for that in a second. But I did see Vale Resorts, which was probably uh, the most popular, the one that dropped. That now it is gone. Of course, my thing is lagging. The second I go, uh, ooh, there we go. We're back. I apologize. And Vale Resorts EPS was five dollars and forty-seven cents, which was a miss on expectations of five dollars and seventy cents. And then revenue was nine hundred six point three six million, which was a miss on expectations of nine hundred sixty point two four million. And then just really quickly, Vale Resorts is moving lower eight point two percent in after hours trading. Uh, but yeah, back to you, TSDR. Back to you, back to you, guy or Dan, whatever guy. Dan, he always says I, I love when he says that on trading spaces. <laughs> um, anywho. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm watching Fortinet in the coming days. Uh, not too extended yet. And I'm, you know, not, not too crazy extended. We got uh, the moving averages curling down, 200-day moving average still, you know, moving up to, to flattening. Um, like I said, I think if we can get this, you know, below two, 264, uh, I think we see about probably a, another 20% down move in this. Um, crowd yeah, I do think your, your mic is a little bit glitchy. Or okay. going in and out. It's not terrible, but um, I don't know if it was like a Wi-Fi thing or something. Is it just me? It, no, it's going in and out a yeah, little no, bit. Yeah, it's, like, it's it's yeah. I try. I just turned off my Wi-Fi and got to uh, my five um, G. Is that better by chance? It's like a tiny bit glitchy, but like I could hear what you're saying. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll finish up here. Uh, so I'm watching that sector here. Another interesting stock that, that, I, that I had on my watch list today was CRISPR, CRSP. Um, well, in this thing trades um, fairly closely with 
um, Beam Therapeutics, B-E-A-M, and uh, N-T-L-A, uh, IntelliTherapeutics, <clears throat> both of which have, uh, you know, continued to roll over significantly, while CRISPR has held up fairly well. It popped into the 50-day moving average, put in a little inverted hammer, and I was looking for some continuation to the downside uh, today. I think uh, I think if we, see, going forward, I think we can probably see some uh, continuation to the downside, get this thing closer to 50 bucks in the coming weeks, uh, which w- would be about uh, 13 to 15% move lower. Um <clears throat> CRISPR I'm watching, uh, you know, I'm kind of disappointed in the solars the past couple days. They, they ended up having a little bit of a failed breakout on the TAN ETF and are starting to roll over. Now, again, you know, that brings up the question, um, is this lack of relative strength uh, or do, do they have room uh, to roll over with the rest of the market? Uh, it's just an interesting question, something to keep your, keep your eye on if, um, if, 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 weakness continues to broaden out and when we see some some of these solars ropes and the tan etf roll back over down into the into the low 60s um continue to watch some oil and gas stocks uh it won't be a quick sharp uh end to the cycle um it'll likely um continue for a little bit longer here A, a lot of these stocks are just pulling uh, working off their overbought conditions, pulling back into the nine uh, period, period exponential moving average. Uh, I like Chevron. I like Oxy. I like uh, Exxon. Exxon's pulling into the 20-day moving average. Um, so continue watching those. And another one in the cybersecurity area, uh, Pan W, uh, again, has held up pretty well, still above its 200-day moving average. Hasn't fully tested it exactly. Um, you know, like I said, is it, lack of relative or is it lack of relative strength or is it uh, does it do they have room to, to roll over still so just kind of begs th- those questions to where i think um you know if you're looking to continue to fade a lot of these stocks uh, th- these could be a sector with, hey, the, the audio with, is is just yeah it's, it's really bad yeah. all right i'm done thank you guys <laughs> all right appreciate it man what uh, you had to I say know. was really good and it's frustrating because the audio is bad but but love what you had to say for a for a good consolation prize (laughs) yeah it's definitely spaces and audio is crazy but really appreciate you being on here tsd we'll have you back on another one of these soon brad want to go next yeah uh just just quickly on koopa and and i want to preface this with saying i don't know the company well enough like i do with my own holdings to know if this is related to some weird tax event or 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 conservative guidance or whatever but it does look like the 20 or the next year calendar 2022 fiscal 23 guide on the top line is is about five percent light and then on the bottom line they got it to 17 cents and we're supposed to do 73 so uh, a little bit underwhelming but again eps is one of the most manipulated uh one of the most manipulated uh, lines on it for for accounting and financial statements so it really could be a provision for tax benefits or, or something like that so for bulls uh, I, I, you'd have to read in more, but on, on the top line, on, on the surface, it, it does not look fantastic, um, unfortunately. So sorry to say that, but, but yeah. Okay. So any other, uh, opportunities you see for me personally, it's, it's really just, uh, not, not to sound boring or redundant, but same, same thing I've, I've been doing for the last several weeks. There's a, a cohort of about 17 companies in my, in my portfolio that I see as financially thriving and, and doing all the things they need to do from an operational perspective and also reasonably priced. Talk about that peg ratio uh, for hyper growth companies. I like to use EBITDA multiples divided by EBITDA growth, uh, but ideally it's, it's earnings multiples divided by earnings growth. And most of them are around one 
uh, which is which is pretty compelling to me. So so it's really just um, respecting the fact that uh, we don't know where the bottom is, and and there's a lot of scary shit going on in the world, and and a lot of stuff that that companies can't control and have have zero have zero way of 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 combating. Now some of them actually no, I shouldn't say that have zero way of of being immune to. A lot of them can can do things to combat these issues, but but immunity is, is pretty hard to come by. And so just considering that and all, and all the fear we have in markets right now and just respecting the fact that things could go lower, things could get more rational, and I want to have more cash um, on, on the sidelines um, to, to be adding to these 17 companies that I'm excited to own as of right now um, for the long term. So so that's where I'm at, 10.3% cash, sorry. Um, and, and we'll just continue to slowly deploy. Um, Nanox, Curiosity Stream are, are two small position, are the two smallest positions I have, and, and they might be uh, getting getting the axe soon. Um, if, if they don't, if, if they don't show me something in the next few weeks for their earnings calls and their investor conferences. Um, so that would add about, uh, about two more percent to the cash position. Um, and, and we'll really just frustratingly slowly, slowly do a lot of people, um, continue accumulating, um, and doing so at a snail's pace. So, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be around for the rest of the week. So have, have a great week, everybody. I will be popping my head in. Uh, and if stuff gets really shitty and really terrible, I, I will, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll send out something and, and, um, and, and try to, and, and try to, for lack of a better term, hold hands. But, um, I, I'm, I'm in this with fellow growth investors. I tweeted out something along those lines earlier today, shitty year for, for 2022, but really all that does for these companies that are going to prove themselves capable of compounding at, at a, at a brisk clip top and bottom line over the long term, all that's doing is winding up the spring for future returns down the line. Um, and, and I'm slowly deploying cash uh, for, for whenever that comes, which I do not know when that will come, which is why, again, I'm going so slow um, at a frustratingly slow pace uh, when, when, when carrying out this process. So so th- thanks for having me. Uh, always fun to talk about stuff and always fun to, to listen to other smart people talk about uh, uh, how they do things differently. And and uh, have a great week, everybody. I'll be a little less uh, involved than I normally am and, and back in, in full swing on Monday. Okay, man. Enjoy the rest of your week. Hopefully, you have a great time. We'll definitely miss you. And uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard to replace a guy like Brad. But we'll, you know, we'll we'll struggle for a week, and then we'll have you back. All right, Big O. Any closing remarks plus opportunities that you see in the market? Yeah. So, um, well, I would say be careful out there because the market just tore up. Uh, I think it mentions something about oil. Uh, saw a little bit of uh, money rolling in the banks earlier this morning. Of course, it sold back off. So, um, metals. But a lot of the money that went in there uh, is extended on the on the daily and the weekly. So, it's just straight up is due for a pullback. And we see that. Uh, like X, we played it last week. The week before, we played a pullback to the top side too. And now it's starting to sell back off. So, there's really nothing safe. Uh, and then we saw this morning um, where the market began began to make lower highs and, and higher lows. So it basically was making a symmetrical triangle, which is just a dozy on the day, till it finally broke out of that and uh, sold off. Um, you know, I may swing some calls overnight for spies, but it, you know, cash is the position. I know that's kind of lame to say, but it's the truth. Um, just be careful out there. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna trade, make sure you're putting a hard stop on there and take profits often. And this choppy market too, you may want to reduce size. You may want to sit on your hands. You may want to do nothing. Um, you know, as far as spy goes, uh, it's basically indicated the whole market. You know, it's picked direction. It's going down. That 410 level is key 
Also, we mentioned a little bit about uh, Ukraine and, and Russia and all that stuff, China. The market's been selling off before that stuff even happened, like big time. You look at Roku, SQSE, and Etsy, they've been dying for a long time. Um, I think it's just now coming to a head. We haven't seen nothing yet. I think you got to remember the psychology and stuff, too. When these position holders and um, and people are um, are holding these stocks and stuff like that, uh, they get scared, and they can only lose so much money before they start selling. And then you have people come in, they start shortening. It just brings it down faster and faster and faster. And we, that's what we see. We see the volume starting to pick up on the on the monthly candles. It's it's not going to slow down anytime soon. But again, you know, it's extended to the downside too. So just because we start seeing a few days of green, it's, you know, it's not the bottom. So don't go buying calls thinking or, or picking a position up because it's, it's not there just yet. I don't see money flowing into anything in particular. Uh, it might flow in there for a day or two and then it's right back out. Um, I just don't think anything's safe. I really don't. I just, I really don't. I would just be so careful out there. You know, if you're an option trader, um, you know, the market's bearish. I mean, it's, you know, if you're going to take something, look at, you know, wait till it pulls back up on the daily and then take and short it back down. So, but spy that 14 level is key. So just keep it on that. That's all I can say. But uh, just be careful. It's choppy. I think, I think we said that last week and here we are, you know, and the market's down another week. You know, and I think I said it two weeks ago, and it's down, and you know, it's it just keeps going down and down. It's dangerous. Yeah, it but. just seems to keep going in that direction. So, absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, better. Yes, I say something else. Yeah. About Tesla. Tesla's on a downtrend too. Uh, Tesla's. I'm going to say it on on here. Tesla's seven hundred dollars by Friday. There you All go. Right. Well, hopefully not, but let's see what happens. It's going. It's going there. Yeah, because it's a it's a two down the week. It's a break retest on the month. It's it's bounced off a pivot to the downside. It tried to take it back up, and that support level became resistance. And it's in trouble, man. Now it's coming down a huge green cane on the monthly. And I tell you what, Bitcoin's the same setup. So if you like crypto or Bitcoin and you're long, and uh, you got it at the top, you may want to think about taking some money out. Is it a major downtrend too? Candles don't lie. Words of warning. Here we go. All right. Yes, sir. I'm telling you. Everything I, like- I said has come true for the last year, and I'm spot on, man. Like, I'm spot on. I'm at least got an 85% success rate in everything. And that's from over two years, man, of calling shit. Like, it's, you know, it's backed up. I, I record my sessions every day. It's, I mean, it's everything can be backed up that I say. It's, it's, it's real. It's the real stuff, man. Hey, man. I like the spiciness. We keep it. Yeah. Gotta have difference of opinions and people telling us things are going up. People telling us things are going down. Um, and yeah. Putting their uh, putting their mouth. Well, me, I don't care about news. I don't care about mergers. I don't care about earnings. I don't care about none of that stuff. Just uh, just what the candles tell me. That's it. Love it, big guy. Anything else you want to put out there? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't mean any kind of disrespect by it. Like I said, there's different opinions. I Man, I respect everybody. Technical traders position holders swing traders i mean there's a lot of intelligence stuff out there a lot of your guys on there man super smart guys i mean they know their stuff hands down um but it's just like rubbing elbows you know like everybody's got their own opinion but uh i respect them 100 percent. you know what i'm saying so i don't want to i don't want to be i'm not trying to be mean or anything like that i promise awesome i respect everybody on here taking it as a as a diss to them i think you know you're just stating your opinion you know yeah yeah, and that's all it is. I mean, um, everybody has one, you know. So, 
I hear. I, awesome, man. I appreciate you being on. You're welcome. I appreciate you having me. Y'all have a great day. Absolutely. Danny, any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, liked uh, what Big O had to say. I mean, I'm pretty much in the same perspective. I'm pure technicals on my side. And uh, talking about Tesla, yeah, we retesting that 1382 extension to the downside. It's coming down possibly back down to, to 700 i totally agree with that uh you could just check my my thread i have that i've had that target zone for a couple of months now um but yeah i think there's just to to keep it brief and keep it straightforward uh there's five names that i see as showing relative strength and bucking the trends and not necessarily paying attention to what's going on uh, these are mostly names that we've been talking about two names that i'll bring out maybe i haven't mentioned publicly yet uh, but I have uh, behind closed doors. Uh, so AbV, something that we've been talking about, Gav, for quite some time, had that cup and handle breakout on on December 6th. It's gone nothing but up. Um, have two entries in. My second entry was over 138. Uh, we are showing a little bit of negative divergence on RSI, um, but we also showed that right before that second breakout. So I'm going to keep a close eye on it, but it's coming up to that 2618 extension at 154.20, currently at 152. Actually broke out today, new 52-week high. So I would say that's relative strength. Uh, next up, name that I haven't really talked about that much is DE. That's Deer & Company. Uh, I did put a trade idea out on 313 for a close over $400. We had a spinning top today. Came pretty close to 400, got rejected. So for me, that just solidifies that that's a key level that I'm going to be watching. Uh, we did have a golden cross back on the 25th of January and uh, no squeezes to note. RSI is in good shape. Got plenty of room to run. 422 will be my first target on that break of 400. Uh, new name. haven't really spoken about uh, FMC, uh, FMC Corporation. It's a pure chemical crop play. Uh, another higher close today uh we'll close at 126.03 put out a trade entry over 119.61 first target is going to be 132.07 uh fourth name on my list is x this is u.s steel uh had a uh second entry over uh 30.57 we did lose that entry for for one day Came right back up and retested the first target at 33.92. We are uh, put in not a not, not really a favorable candle today, but we did get the golden cross on Friday. So just a little consolidation under the second attempt to break that first target at 33.92. So going to watch this over the next couple of days. And just to note, we do have earnings coming up on the 25th. And last but not least is uh, ticker Zim. This is Zim Integrated Shipping Services. Um, this one's been looking really strong after breaking its wedge. Uh, we retested the wedge, broke back out, took 67.62, consolidated within my second target, which is 74.53. Broke that on Thursday last week. Continuation Friday, continuation today. Closed right on top of my 200% extension, which was my third target at 82.25 so if we get a daily close over 82.25 this week then my next target's going to be 94 and then a hundred dollars you take a look at these names they're not doing what everything else is doing you focus on the relative strength you can trade in this market you just have to exercise proper risk management 
Make sure you're taking profits. Make sure you're keeping a tighter stop loss and make sure you're moving your stop losses up along the way as the trade progresses is what you got to do. Is it easy? No, it's it's definitely hard. And it's frustrating too because you're seeing a lot of intraday volatility. But if you zoom out, take that bird's eye view, it is possible. But like I said, if you're not... If you're not well equipped for this market, like Big O said, sit on the sidelines. You don't have to trade. There's plenty of trading days throughout the year. You don't have to force trades when the market is hard. Wait for the market to get easier. It will get easier. It's never going to be easy, but it will get easier. That's all I really got to say, Gav. Appreciate you, of course, having me on number two for today. And I look forward to my uh, Tuesday spaces tomorrow. Love it. Thank you so much, Danny. I'm looking forward to them as well. And certainly, you know, they're going to be interesting as we see people have to make stock picks and some of them have to make bullish stock picks in a market like this. So we'll, we'll see if people go shorter or not. All right, Matt, coming to you. Any other opportunities you see in this market and any other thoughts? Yeah, I've actually been running my scanner listening while Danny was chatting and looking and seeing there really not there's really nothing that that structured itself looking uh short term bullish as of today so the only plays that i had that actually looked pretty decent were um were were pepsi walmart and ibm those were those are two that i i looked at that had decent setups um i think i had uh axp which is um also structured to be pretty good they're almost a similar they all the charts kind of look the same um, that have this kind of setup, it's like the most bullish thing that we can find. I really see many things on here that are that are giving me hope for picking, but tomorrow morning I think it's going to be different. We had a great close on the VIX. Uh, this is very promising. Um, my uh, team is doing a little more research into finding out, you know, trying to see what's going on with Barclays, why they would be suspending uh, new issuance of VXX, and usually because of liquidity problems on secondary market, they don't want to market make and bag hold their own instrument if you guys remember what was it t not t-vix there was one of them back in the day that collapsed one of those uh, one of those volatility etns um and it just fell to zero and i think you know there's a fear of lack of liquidity in some markets like that so if we did have an event where that happened that would be a nice little squeeze for the for the index but um i think we rolled out the idea that that had anything to do with today's move, by the way. Um, and it's only a temporary suspension of issuance of the new shares. So it wasn't a big change there. But anyways, back to the, the picking uh, target. Uh, with that being said, VIX closed in a very promising uh, below 32 VIX futures. That's kind of the level we wanted to see. And I think that that's okay for the market to stabilize. We will see immediately when the market opens in futures tonight will probably be the most important market open we've had in a month because it will start to dictate how the rest of the globe is going to absorb this news about China and U.S. possible involvement in the war. If futures open and just start selling, it can start a really bad chain reaction going into FOMC. If I were to take a guess, I think the market squeezes tomorrow and squeezes Wednesday going to FOMC as long as overnight in Asian and European markets relatively mild to the China news. So right out the door, I make a post every night about kind of like the futures market setup. If we start to see squeezing in futures, uh, clearly it's worth taking a note of. Um, but other than that, I think you know, retail might have a good day tomorrow. Uh, you know, Walmart, like I said, has been one of my favorites for the last week. Still watching it. It was my my winner today. I'm still watching it for tomorrow. I think there's a lot of promise there. A uh, couple more stocks that I think look good. Oh, I just lost my list here. Um, Oxy was good. Oxy, I had that on my list. Uh, it 
has a very, very large wide range and, of course, can be subject to the volatility in oil, which we probably could see oil squeeze back up again. So I think oil plays uh, in this environment might be a nice little uh, nice little squeeze play to go long on for a short period of time, not to not to rally it, but at least to kind of stabilize and revert to the mean of the downtrend we've recently had. And that's probably it for tomorrow, but we'll have to see. When we went from 130 to about 100, I think 100 is a nice psychological number. Uh, oil futures might trade back up to maybe 110 to 115 range. I think for there could be a couple of good long scalps and some oil plays. Um, ExxonMobil came on the radar today, but I, I didn't take it. Um, but yeah, so... I think that that's going to be good. I think Apple actually hit a nice little bottom as well. I think Apple, to me, is 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 going to be a gauge for tomorrow. It kind of uh, fell to like a key level of 150. That's that was my target support for Apple, and I, the target support I have for Spy is not much farther off from here. Uh, S and P and Nasdaq. Let me give you guys some numbers really quick if you're jotting them down, and I'll close out here uh, my my speech. I think uh, Nasdaq futures twelve nine fifty four, so literally right at about thirteen thousand, a little bit, or sorry, twelve nine fifty four, not farther below thirteen thousand. There's a really critical support on Nasdaq that's close to about a forty one thirty, give or take, on ES futures. And I think tonight we'll see if we we break through that. But I, I think that we have the ability to uh, possibly very short term reverse if the market has a mild response to China. So not reverse in a longer sense, but a uh, squeeze into FOMC, which is very, very common, that we want to be crashing before that event because you don't usually want unusual volatility for an event that can already have volatility. Markets can become illiquid and and pretty much crash under their own weight in that environment. So uh, market makers like to squeeze people out leading up in those events. So just be careful for a, a quick one to two-day reversal tomorrow. So we'll see in the morning. Yep. Uh, the famous last words, we'll see in the morning. And yeah, I'm excited to see how that plays out. I'm sure there'll be some people live on Spaces nice and early. We'll be doing technical analysis of TrendSpider and Friends at 12, as we always do. One more time, again, my name is Guy Blacksburg. I run the Wolf account, which I see kind of got booted off here. It might have been a Wi-Fi thing. Um, I am lucky to be able to do multiple Spaces week from the Bullish Rippers account. We are working our best to get this account to 20K. Stock Market News, my co-host, does all the tweets from this account. So if you've already checked it out, it's a great follow-up on one of us. Should probably check this one out. Number two, we have a tournament going on currently. There are 10 tweets up top. You can see Zinga just wrote a full article on this. We have a $10,000 grand prize. We have a $1,000 raffle running right now. We have several other thousand dollars budget for giveaways. Tim is going to be one participating in. There's 60 plus different accounts from FinTwit that have picked the assets that are competing in this tournament. And all you have to do is go to marketmadness.co, marketmadness.co on any bro- and you will be able to pull it up and Sign up on the tournament waitlist, and that will automatically enter you a thousand dollar raffle with pretty good odds. So, recommend checking that out. Stock market news. Before we close up here, any other closing thoughts or marks opportunities you want to put out there? Yeah, dude. Just want to give a big shout out to all the speakers who came on here and made this such a fantastic space. Love having all of them on. Uh, excited to have more of them on in the future. Uh, thank you to Wolf Financial again. Another account. Uh, I know it said his account had to drop off. Maybe. Uh, He's in the background sprinting to get it right back up right now. But uh, big shout out to Gov Wolf Financial for helping us put together the space and Rippers, Bullish Rippers, the Green Raccoon that is the host of the space. Uh, very awesome of this then to uh, be bringing us all together. So love doing these spaces. Uh, make sure you're following Bullish Rippers. We're doing a lot of really, really cool stuff from there, including including these spaces. We have a newsletter. 
We have a bunch of tweet that's, tweets that go out. We're working on a TikTok. We're working on some some other really, really cool projects that we're not quite ready to release today. But uh, just a bunch of cool stuff going on at that Bullish Rippers account. So make sure you're checking out, giving them a follow. That's not something uh, we're just trying to do today or tomorrow. This is a long-term project and cool stuff for going. So, uh, yeah. Big shout out to that. And uh, what other spaces do we have today? Wolf, I know we got a couple more. I know we got the 531 with Lex talking a little bit about nope. real estate. And- that actually uh, got postponed. Um, okay. Boom. Look at that. 7 o'clock then or 7.30? Yes. 7 p.m. So tonight uh, we did originally have a real estate space, but we're moving it to next week because we landed a pretty big guest. Um, but they're coming on next week. So we're just going to do next Thursday. It'll be on schedule like usual. We're just going to take this week off. Um, and tonight we still do have a space 7 p.m. EST. The post is already up. Uh, I think that we should have probably pinned it a little bit back. It is going to be hosted from the Wolf account. It is going to be co-hosted by Stock Market News and Asset Dash. Asset Dash, fantastic app that we do a lot of different stuff with. We do asset pitching with Asset Dash every single Monday evening at 7 p.m. So you can come and you can hear pitches on stocks, crypto, and NFTs all in one space. I think we have one crypto pitch, one NFT pitch, and three stock pitches tonight, if I'm correct on that. So I'm pretty sure that's how the layout of it's going to be. Uh, we are also giving away a little Lemon's Head NFT, which is a pretty popular page at 50000 on Twitter. It sells for about five to 600 bucks right now, um, like floor price. Obviously, you could sell for more than floor if it's rare in your book and someone else's book. So you can check that out. That is going to be talked about tonight on The Space. That's everything for now. Stock Market News, anything for you? Interestingly enough, I'm actually going to be on the uh, Asset Dash account again tonight for The Spaces. So uh, we'll be talking to you uh, from there. Excited and uh, smile and wave. Sounds good. Smile and wave. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a good rest of your day. We'll see you in about two and a half hours.